The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callahan Innovation, New Zealand's innovation agency. Here's your host, Simon Pound. Everyone will be familiar with the way that skincare companies can use science to sell their products. But how many people actually trust that the science is anything more than marketing? Well, often, it really isn't. Today we're talking to a person who worked out that most were just selling hope in a jar and set out to change that. Soraya Hendesi came to New Zealand as a trained cosmetician with a plan to make skincare that would actually work. This led to years of new research with partners like the University of Auckland and Callaghan Innovation and the discovery of active agents that pass the gold standard of clinical trials, leading to skincare that actually works. Soraya's company uses natural materials and has its own plantation north of Auckland that fosters native plants long known and used for their properties, and by matching these with rigorous R&D, turned her company Snowberry into an international force, attracting the attention of Procter & Gamble, one of the world's biggest cosmetic companies, who bought them last year. Soraya and her husband Mark still run the company here, and to talk the journey, the sale, and what's next, Soraya joins us now. Kia ora, thank you for joining us. Thank you for ingi- inviting me. Hello. Hey, so tell me, where did your interest in skincare first come from? Um, I think it came from my childhood. As a child, um, I spent many hours in our Persian fragrant garden making beauty potions for my mother and grandmother. Mm-hmm who were at the time working for UNICEF. My mother, an amazingly elegant lady, she opened my eyes to the world of um, beauty brands. And as I grew older, um, I became more and more interested in that world. And we moved to um, England and then Spain. Um, And I spent many hours, um, as I I was studying in department stores, searching for that amazing skincare that I never found. And um, one of the fondest memories I have is a friend told me there is a lady who's opened a shop in Brighton um, selling cosmetics that does not test on animals. And I thought that was a really cool idea because no one ever thought of innocent animals until then. And I became... Uh, Anita Roddick's um, one of the first uh, customers of Anita Roddick in Brighton and um, I really admire her um, starting that business which was quite novel. Was that the first body shop? Yes, yes in Brighton 
And the world became my university. I went, visited many exhibitions. I lived and traveled in many countries. And I just made contact with uh, people in the beauty industry uh, because I knew what I wanted wasn't going to happen just um, by itself. I needed to make contact with uh, experts in different fields uh, of beauty, science, marketing, branding, packaging. So it was kind of putting a jigsaw puzzle together. What was the kind of insight that led you? you were, so you were working as a cosmetician or trained as a, as a cosmetician? Well, I did uh, later on um, when I was studying of course I was doing different subjects um, in college maths physics whatever but then I realized that what I should be pursuing is beauty and I decided to uh, uh, study to become a cosmetician to pave the way to create that skincare I never intended to practice as a cosmetician but it really opened my eyes uh, you know and made me more familiar and you know, of course, it's been very, very helpful. Because it's kind of wild how many of the ingredients and the things that people use regularly in yes. their kind of, you know, um, beauty or uh, grooming main uh, regimes actually are full of uh, petrol, harmful chemicals, and, and are kind of could only do the opposite of what people are hoping they will do. Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, that is true. And I'm amazed even uh, because I'm a customer myself. And I, that is, you know, that led, led to me, uh, that, that idea of, this original idea of Snowberry um, came to me, even though I had, I was adamant that I would, um, I was dreaming of having the most amazing skincare brand. But then I, uh, there came a time when I thought, well, I cannot find a skincare that I could trust 100% because the um, scientific ones didn't have the, um, they they were full of chemicals I didn't want, and the natural ones, as even though they sounded nice, they were not effective enough. And I found a lot of ingredients in uh, a lot of anti-aging, supposedly anti-aging products that were not only not effective but very ha- harmful. And there's this wonderful thing where so much of the marketing in the industry, I've seen you describe it as hope in a jar before. Yes. This idea where they will say, we've got this active ingredient and it's in the eye cream or the moisturizer Mm. or whatever. It's such a low level that it could never actually have any effect unless Mm. you had a hundred jars on you. And then if you did, then the dilution of that would mean it would never have any effect anyway. That's right. That's right. I was never interested in uh, market fluff like stories that we hear over and over again. For example, one would say, I don't know, we've found this new ingredient extracted from a very rare um, orchid that uh, grows once in a millennium behind the impossible mountain. <laughs> you know, that I'm not interested in that. All I want is radiant skin. <laughs> How do you go about, so, so you had that, that, that ambition, and you'd studied and trained. How do you go about actually injecting some science into the natural space? Like, mm. what what are the steps you take? Because I imagine, like, it sounds to me, the process you took of studies with Auckland University and the like, prior to even having revenue. Like, 
How, yes. how do you do that from a, a business point of view? Well, from a business point of view, there has to be a lot of sacrifice, resilience, patience. Science is a risky business. If you want to um, get into science, you know, create a product that has some science, you have to take the plunge. We did a lot of restructuring. We did, uh, because when it, the business started forming, um, it wasn't based upon only my dream. It had to be serious business. Uh, and we had we decided to put all our investments into um, four and a half years of University um, of Auckland, uh, you know, science, scientific uh, trial and research. And after four and a half years, when we saw, because we were looking for this um, technology that could prove that the peptides actually travel through the um, cellular matrix and no one has ever proved it before and we didn't we weren't scared because we were after real science tell me what peptides are and what led you to be investigating those mm. as the agent that would, yes. that would stand out for you. Yes, peptides are short proteins that exist in our skin, but as we age, unfortunately, they diminish. And if you have peptides in any cream, topical cream, it won't penetrate through the pores of your skin because skin is quite, uh, it is supposed to be protecting you from pathogens and viruses and bacteria, so it won't easily penetrate to the skin. To prove that it does, you need a, um, special skill and technology and it took four and a half years for that um, to be proven and after four and a half years we had to give it to uh, an institute in Europe to do the one and only gold, and stan- gold standard clinical trial to say yes it's working T- tell me about the process of doing this. So you you set up the company, and so with your husband, who uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're, t- tell me about how you know you came to be doing this in New Zealand with the University of Auckland. Well, um, as I said, I've always been wanting. Even if I had ended up in Kathmandu, I would have done some sort of skincare. But I'm I feel very fortunate that this beautiful country uh, is my base now. And um, well, of course, I fell in love with a New Zealander, amazing man. Um, and he was in another business and I've always been telling him, you know, I was very interested in beauty and skincare. And he kept telling me when he was in another um, industry, um, I'm, I believe in necessity. I said, well, beauty is necessity. What is more real than, you know, having radiant skin and feeling good about yourself? The life is about feeling good. And so when we came, came to New Zealand in 2002, I said, well, this is it. I'm going to start. And he decided to um, do it with me. And it became, uh, and I knew by by then, um, you know, who were the best uh, marketing people, branding people. uh, You know, I had some idea where to go for science. And uh, one thing led to another. And it became real business. It wasn't only a dream, as I mentioned. Uh, And they did a research um, and they said, yes, it's an amazing, you know, idea because no one until now has thought about not only quality, but also as natural as possible and real science. Uh, It didn't exist. They did a worldwide search and they realized that it didn't exist. And we started doing it. But 
um, then the re- recession hit, <laughs> that which was amazing. And our um, launch market was Germany. So we had to do a few restructuring, came back to New Zealand um, and, you know, we, we got into contract manufacturing, then decided, no, we have to stick with our um, own brand. And uh, that is when we put all our efforts, stopped all the marketing campaigns and started all our efforts on science. And at the stage that you and your husband decided to throw in and go full on this, had you ever sold any products? You know, had you ever made a, a moisturizer or a, a product and sold it? Uh, yes. You mean from day one before yeah, we yeah, started? Yeah, yeah, of, of course, of course. I uh, I tried um, to, um, because I knew if I wanted to do something of this caliber, I need um, you know, an invest substantial amount of investment as as well as a good team behind me. But until then, while I was waiting, I created the most amazing um, cleansing bar because we um, went and lived in many countries and I followed my husband and I just took that cleansing bar, um, you know, reshape, repackage it to suit the uh, market. One of them was Abu Dhabi, Dubai, United Arab, um, United Arab Emirates. And uh, I think that really, that was an amazing experience. I sold some in New Zealand as well, which was good, you know. And then um, there were a lot of demands for the VIP rooms for different hotels, upmarket hotels in uh, the Middle East, which was great. And then we had to come back here to New Zealand. And I thought, this is it. I have to start the brand. Tell me about the process of getting that initial uh, support and and partnering with someone like uh, Auckland University. Like, how do you go through making that happen? Well, um, it is quite an involved, and you have to be really serious about what you want because you have to take the risk. As I mentioned, it could you don't know how long uh, it will take. Science can never tell you until you see the result. And we were very grateful that um, we got the uh, backing of Callahan Innovation. And um, we got the um, a science team in Auckland University and funded a, um, uh, you know, the th- thesis of actually our uh, young scientist then who is quite experienced now, Dr. Badenhorst. Uh, his um, uh, team, um, they worked for four and a half years on this um, a technology and it was you know a process of you know every you know every day we were anxiously waiting of course it took one and a half years but it was very wor- worthwhile and at that same time the decision to get some land north of Auckland and plant out your own uh, mm-hmm. trees and, 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 and plants to be your produce what, what kind of uh, things did you uncover there with New Zealand native plants? Yes, we've always known that um, Maori medicine uh, was quite, we, were, we had a lot of respect for Maori ancient medicine. And uh, we planted New Zealand natives because, of course, we are always from day one very environmentally friendly. Um, in fact, um, as far as we know, um, Snowberry is the, world's first skincare brand to be accredited carbon zero 
for every single product sitting on any shelf in the world. There were other brands who were uh, Carbon Zero as a company, but not for every single individual product sitting on any shelf in the world. And of course, that gave us, uh, we planted 9,000 indigenous plants from uh, young plants, and they are now big, beautiful, it's a native forest. And uh, we've extracted um, the beautiful harakiki um, seed oil that we use in our body oil. And we've used different, um, you know, ingredients. We do have a biodiscovery um, lab, which uh, we do constant um, research with uh, native uh, extracts. And apart from that, it was actually, um, of course, um, close to our heart because we knew that we are not um, adding to, you know, carbon emissions. We offset our car- carbon e- emissions. Um, so it was quite an amazing part of our story. And what was the reaction when, after four and a half years of funding some, you know, very expensive and high-risk science, and then you send it off to Germany to do the the clinical trial, which, um, you know, had no guarantee of of working, and then that came back as being uh, effective, that that, that your discovery was effective. How how did that kind of, um, you know, how did that feel? And then what did you do next to turn that intellectual property you generated into an international product? Um, Well, the word in the scientific world travels fast because once we proved with the gold standard clinical trial that this is effective and yes, it is working, we heard from the World Congress of Dermatology, uh, that is the biggest dermatology conference in the world. And as the only serum to be presented in that Congress, which was amazing. And of course, right after that, we heard from different international companies, um, which was amazing feeling. Because we, we thought, well, thousands of dermatologists weren't were deprived of a technology so far, that was that meant a lot. And of course, after right after that, the sales went up, and the rest is history. What were those big companies saying? Were they were they kind of you know making friends and sniffing out kind of yes. to see how big your operations were? Yes, and... yes. Uh, in fact, one of the biggest in the world contacted us immediately after the conference. We talked about it, and then one after the other. But what? really, really surprised me was that we spoke to many New Zealand investors and no one was interested. I think they didn't take the power of beauty seriously. But then, of course, when PNG came along and we talked about it, we, th- we found that our values are the same. They are very customer-focused. They are environmentally-friendly and they have the amazing infrastructure and scientific capability behind them to make Snowberry a truly global and authentic skincare. How much investment, and was the investment not local, that went into it over the years? Uh, That's really interesting you saying that local investors didn't really understand 
beauty is we've had other entrepreneurs on the show like Janine Crossan from Flossie saying that so many of the investment decision makers are men who just don't. They just don't even understand it in the first instance. Yes, that's true. I think even, I mean, I don't talk about certain gender. I think generally speaking, they think there is this misconception that if you talk about rocket science, that's the only, you know, serious science. Um, Or I don't know what it is, but they didn't take beauty seriously. It's my, my personal feeling. But what I knew, because I read, read about it all my life, uh, in that industry I know, I read about the history of um, different products and brands. And one interesting story is about the, during the Second World War, uh, Yardley, um, I believe it was Yardley, um, did a, an amazing campaign saying that being unkept and don't, if you don't look after your beauty, is like giving in to enemy. And British women started quickly looking after themselves and used that brand. And today, if you go to the uh, war museum, British War Museum, alongside the tanks and guns are those skincare. You know, that, that shows you how important it is. And even just the market size, you know, like Procter & Gamble are a huge company. Yes. The, the, um, uh, the, the, the size of, you'd think that um, investment would be able to just look at size of market, uh, innovation in product, be able to make a, a cost benefit off that. But I guess people, you, you know, want to kind of support what they know. And yeah, like what what kind of things um, has this meant for the local beauty industry to have this kind of international uh, acclamation and also with Trilogy with the uh, recent international purchase. I guess the more successes you have, the more that that can then feed into the future of the industry. Um, you mean for different, uh, the industry? Yes. Yes, actually, I think one of the um, things that defines success is to be able to contribute to that industry. And yes, I have been always passionate about making New Zealand, the name of uh, New Zealand on the beauty industry map of the world, alongside others like France or, you know, other uh, countries that are up there. And we deserve to be up there because we are, we, and we should be clean, green New Zealand. And I know for a fact that New Zealand is the, one of the least corrupt countries in the world. And we've got this amazing, you know, um, nature here and also people here are quite entrepreneur i find entrepreneurial so if i've contributed to that name i would be very happy what does selling to procter and gamble mean as you've kept operations uh here and what does it then allow you to do what what was it that guided you towards doing that well ever since uh the um snowberry was bought out we have worked as as before. The business is as usual. Uh, the beauty that is the beauty of this deal. Um, of course, we have the most amazing, you know, um, uh, capability in terms of you know marketing science, which has always been very important. And I guess if I wanted to go to the moon, I would have had to run to NASA 
and Procter and Gamble is the NASA of the beauty world. So that has um, uh, helped immensely. And I had a bittersweet ex- um, experience after the sale, but you know I'm very happy that Snowberry is in very good hands. Mm. Yeah, how, how, was it always the plan to grow it to a size? And, and sell it, or, or does it just allow you to uh, get the the ethos and the products further? Mm. As far as I'm concerned, I didn't, I didn't know. I wasn't sure whether it would one day. I guess deep in my heart, I knew that if it was sold, it would have been a company like Procter and Gamble. But I would have, you know, also if I we never sold and it became really successful it stayed in the family it would have been fantastic but also this how it turned out is also for me is amazing did did people tell you that it wouldn't work or that it was too ambitious or that it couldn't be done or that I was mad or that you were mad to try it all the time all the time in fact someone told me one day oh Soraya you're just dreaming to which I answered, didn't every reality start with a dream? I think you've got to have a certain amount of madness <laughs> to take a risk. And how does it feel to look at it now when you see it on the counters of the world's great kind of uh, stores and you know the places that you would have visited when you were researching it over those years and alongside the products that were kind of the heroes that you had? Oh, it's amazing. I think I think it's fantastic, um, and it will be. Um, I think, you know, if uh, and I'm happy that, as I mentioned, I'm pretty sure that. Procter and Gamble would do a good job of keeping it as authentic as uh, as possible, because I don't want to be sitting in the shelf around the world, being promising hope in a jar like the rest. I like to be uh, Snowberry to be as authentic as possible. So when I see that, it makes me immensely happy. What advice do you give to people who who have a big dream? I would say that do what you really love doing. Be patient and have a lot of resilience because you have to be resilient. But one thing that's very important is fasten your seatbelt because the ride is rough. How do you define success? I think success is being happy that you've done what you intended to do the best you can and when you have done your job if you've done a difference in that industry you worked in that is true happiness that's so cool well thank you so much Soraya Hendesi the founder of Snowberry thank you for joining us today for sharing your story it's my pleasure thank you very much for having me wonderful and thank you very much Tina Tiller for producing and thank you very much for having us along and listening thank you you've been listening to Business is Boring presented by Simon Pound and brought to you by the spin-off and Callahan Innovation. From the Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring.
brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.